Warning, the following podcast contains graphic violence, coarse language, adult themes, and nudity, and other content that some listeners may find triggering. You, my friend. Trig me timbers, trig me timbers, yeah. Trig me timbers, trig me timbers. Oh boy, alright. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of, of the Trig Me Timbers podcast. <laughs> the podcast that brings you the latest in shocking, startling, and otherwise triggering news. My name's Hubert, I'm here with my good friend Phil. How are you going, Phil? Really good, thank you. Welcome to my bedroom once again. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. And this week, we are joined by a very special guest, someone who... Actually, firstly, let's introduce them. Special guest, who are you? Hello, everyone. Lovely to be here. I've been trying to get into Phil's room for a very long time. Um, My name is Adam. Thanks Thanks for coming, Adam. So, Adam is, I would say, the number one fan of the Trigger Me Timbers podcast. That's, That's probably true. I've listened to every episode at... At least halfway through, nah, fully every episode. I've listened to every episode completely. Nah, it's been fantastic. I love it. And, and that is an impressive feat in yeah. itself. It's but more than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just want to say at, at the front, um, Phil and I are both uh, incredibly grateful for your support so far, and it's uh, loyal fans like yourself that motivate oh, us to, to keep going. Not to support you too. It's, <laughs> this is an incredible production, and I'm humbled to be a part of it. Phil, do you reckon there's anything the listeners need to know about Adam? Yeah, we might as well tell the listeners that uh, Adam, he lives in the next room. We've been living together for two weeks. Fantastic. But we've been meaning to have him on the show for a while because he's a bit of a tech buff and uh, easily triggered. Excellent, right. So this uh, pent-up housemate resentment will be great for for high trigger scores today, hopefully. Um, Without further ado, are you guys ready for me to kick off? Oh, I'm so ready. I've been ready to be triggered (laughs) since episode one. Ten out of (laughs) ten. Oh, wait. So, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Ratings at the end. <laughs> All right, fellas. So I've gone local with my article. Ad- Adam is a uh, Canberran born and bred, so I thought I'd go go for something um, from the Canberra Times this week. Oh, yeah, okay. Come prep this. So, all right, the title of this article, Canberra woman eligible for compensation from driver after witnessing pedestrian being run over in car park. Mm. Are either of you guys familiar Just, with this story? No, I haven't, I haven't heard of this Just at all. Just as a witness? Just as a witness. So she uh, saw something bad happen, she's going to get compensation for it. Just wait. Just wait till you hear the okay, details. Okay, right. So there's a Canberra woman who witnessed a pedestrian being run over in a car park, and she's now eligible for compensation from the driver, and that's according to the ACT Supreme Court decision. So let me explain the accident that occurred. Basically, uh, it occurred in the underground car park of the Canberra Outlet Centre in Fishwick uh, in November of 2016. A driver reversed his vehicle accidentally into a man, knocking him to the ground. So nearby, there was a woman who was getting into her car, and she heard a scream for help. So she looked over, and she saw a man's head and one of his arms protruding from under the vehicle, with his head very close to the wheel. Uh, There is that graphic violence that we warned you about at the start (laughs) of the episode. That sounds horrifying. Oh yeah, so it's it sounds like That's it crazy. sounds quite traumatic, doesn't it? So um, anyway, she ran for help. She waved her arms, uh, t- yelled out to the driver to stop, 
and she believed that the man had been killed because he had stopped screaming. Fortunately, as it turns out, the man actually was not badly injured at all oh. in the incident. So, silver lining nice, there. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but but th- that's actually irrelevant, it seems, uh, in, in this uh, court case, which found that the woman was... So, the court found that the woman was so shocked from witnessing the accident that she became lost on her way home. Um, she had to call her husband for directions. So, she was completely discombobulated. And days later, she suffered more problems such as unexpected crying, not sleeping, not being able to focus or remember things. Um, she had to t- even take time off work. And when she returned to work, she continued, but she was very nervous. She was easily agitated. And she was wary of cars moving around her and socially withdrawn. Yeah, and the, and the court heard that the woman sought help and was then diagnosed, surprise, surprise, with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So now fast forward to this recent court case. Um, basically, she decided to launch legal action in the ACT Supreme Court, alleging negligence against the driver for not paying attention while driving and not keeping the car under proper control. Um, and Justice Burns, the judge in this case, found that the woman developed PTSD as a consequence of the driver's negligence and was therefore entitled to compensation. The result was that... So Justice Burns... And this is going to get Phil, uh, Phil going... Justice Burns found in the woman's favour and awarded her $176,000 for non-economic loss, lost wages and medical expenses. So anyway, that's the, that's the details of the case. <laughs> Sideways, <laughs> call, me, call me Sally. <laughs> um, yeah, what do, you, what do you reckon, guys? What do you think, King Soccer? Um, wow, so... This is, I, I'm I'm actually not too triggered by this off the bat, and from the initial reading, I was sh- shocked and surprised. Startled? But, Would you say startled? Yeah, a bit caught off guard, um, but I think that, like, I mean, mental health is so so fragile, right? Like, it's and and you can get PTSD in a whole lot of different ways. So, if this is genuinely affecting her life and her livelihood and her life going forward, then she totally should get some compensation. I just wonder if that's does it does it come out of the driver's pocket? Is it his? Is there some kind of other like way that you could source that compensation, or is it is it all out of his pocket? Is there an, can you get bystander insurance? <laughs> Sorry, There's a thing called victims of crime. Um, so the state, well, it's in New South Wales anyway, well, probably other states. The state actually pays you money as a victim of a crime. And then the state just tries and gets it out of the person who caused it by fining them, I guess. I, I okay. don't really know. Mm. But yeah, you can get paid as that. It's like a little payment, state payment. Yeah, no, I should say as well, um, like I, I wasn't triggered because it, because of the mental health. Like I think the, obviously um, mental health repercussions are very serious and yeah. uh, and legitimate. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with you that yeah, it would be fair possibly fair that she would receive some kind of um su- yeah support uh around that but then what what got me was that the driver himself is, yeah is being sued basically and yeah. is it, so the, this this money is compensation from the driver for, for his negligence despite the fact that um i don't know to me it sounds like a an innocent mistake uh exactly. and and she wasn't even the direct victim of the of the crime so it was the court basically so the the 
And this is what, like what the defense argued in the case basically was that the driver the driver didn't owe her a duty of care as a as a spectator to the event, um, and he hadn't actually breached any any legal duty. Um, but uh, yeah, because and, and you know, and the question that I, I had from that is then what um, what happens if you have a car accident and there's a crowd of a hundred people watching on? Yeah. Are, you, are you obliged to then go up and apologize to all hundred and check in with all of them to make sure they're okay? And kind of and especially in the case of the guy, wasn't even hurt. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. I agree. When you run someone over, make sure there's only a small crowd Crowded watching. So yeah. You pay less <laughs> in compensation. Right. Yeah, I don't. Well, that's what I don't understand. Like, what can I now sue the journalist for covering this and giving me PTSD for <laughs> hearing the story? I'm quite disturbed. It was very violent and graphic. There was no trigger warning on it. Where does the buck stop? Where does the buck stop? Is that the saying? Okay. I don't know what a buck is. Uh, Like a a deer? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, and um, the person under the car, did they get compo? So what's this negligence like? Can you imagine if they didn't get compo and the the bystander did? I understand like the negligent driving, but negligent um, like being observed. (laughs) Negligent other people watching you. Like that's a weird thing. Do you reckon they'll be like on future smart cars that have like cameras on them and sensors in the future as soon as an accident happens it'll just black the windscreens out so you don't you don't see anything dangerous and saves you from PTSD mm, yeah maybe that's exactly right maybe we should just have eyewear like Google, Google Glass and it just blanks our vision yeah. so we're blinded whenever it's like something an, traumatic like an airbag uh, except little eye airbags eye airbags yes well, eye airbags that actually alludes to again an episode of Black Mirror where basically there's a that's basically exactly that there's kind of an inbuilt um, you know eye technology that basically blurs out images that might be distressing or disturbing and then I think that it's kind of similar to the Adam Sandler movie Click where the moral of the story is that it's actually kind of okay and and makes your life more whole if you actually see some things that are a bit traumatic and not just things that are happy but anyway that's another that's a bit of a tangent uh, I like that movie um, <laughs> I want to bring gets, up gets five approving Adams out of five <laughs> I want to bring up the most triggering thing of this whole thing how did this lady need 176k to cover loss of work and yeah, how many days did she take off? Did she take off for like a couple of years, <laughs> or is she highly paid? Yeah, she's broke going some bank. expensive psychology. But isn't the psycho uh, PTSD with psychology like yeah. subsidised or whatever? I don't know. No, mental health uh, payments. But, uh, so 176 k seems excessive. Um, maybe bystanders could get like five hundred dollars each. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty fair if you but ask me. Ruin their afternoon. It's it's I I, I don't want to compare it to a a different sort of um, like trauma but how do, how do you how do you compare someone's uh, trauma from like sexual assault it, it, on paper one person's trauma might be more intense than someone else's but exactly. how they deal with the trauma will be way worse so mm-hmm. it's the same you know bystanders you can have a hundred bystanders and you know 95% of them will be like Oh my lord, there's a there's a crumpled man under that car, but I'll mm. I'll help them and I'll be fine. Um, and a few of them might have really bad repercussions from it. So you can't just have a blanket five hundred bucks here. Yeah, forget you. I agree. Yeah. But there's another thing on top of that is this guy was not actually injured. So I could be walking down the street and see someone disappear from view and just imagine in my head that they've <laughs> been killed and be PTSD'd about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Excuse my poor language. <laughs> I could be PTSD'd about this person who I've perceived has been has killed, but really they're fine. So why would you get any compo for that? Because this could happen to any bystander. Any bystander could perceive anything. Perhaps maybe if this guy was actually killed, then that would be more legitimate. Yeah, no, I agree. The description you gave, Hubert, was... It it, it sounded grotesque, like, with the yeah. arms... St- I, you know that scene in Space Jam, which has been referenced frequently in... Lately. In the, in the, in the podcast lately, um, where, like... What one of the dudes gets crumpled into a basketball shape and he's got like his limbs. That's what I imagined when you described it. <laughs> yeah. Just a ball shaped human under a car. Yeah. I don't know how he survived that without any kind of injury. It was a cartoon, Adam. That's why. Um, I also wanted to add, uh so I a rec- I have a personal experience like this. I thought someone was dying. Uh, they were on the road uh, it was in Korea and they were lying down in the rain, they did not appear to be breathing, so I was like this person is having a heart attack. They're gonna die, and I was like, "What do you? How do you call the ambulance around here? <laughs> From Korea? Oh, I don't even know. That's how so scary. Use a phone. Anyway, and I was like the looking at him, we're down, like doing, you know, looking at him, going, "Are you okay?" Like doing the first responses, CPR. You don't just go and start punching him in the chest. You know, you, <laughs> you ask them, <laughs> and pinch them, and see if they're responsive. And he still lay there and nothing didn't move, and we're like, "Fuck, this guy's definitely a heart attack." But other people were bystanding and I was just kind of watching. So I was like, hang on, there's something funny going on here. Turns out they just knew he was really drunk. And uh, even though he's wearing very normal clothes, he wasn't that old. He didn't look homeless. He looked like a normal dude. But he was lying down. He was just very drunk. He was like still not even breathing. And um, yeah, and we worked that out after we were like, someone call an ambulance. And he like woke up and he was like, no, I've just been drinking all day. <laughs> and holding my breath. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But anyway, that could be that could be perceived as PTSD because I thought that guy was dead. Yeah, but he yeah. wasn't, and everything was fine. And I was like, oh, okay, no worries, bye. So in that situation, would would you seek compensation from him? Well, the stress that comes through you when you think someone's yeah. about to freaking die, you know, that yeah, you, you could you could. Yeah, but I think Adam's right. The, the key in this case wasn't that they witnessed something traumatic, but what was that the court found that the driver, his negligence caused the traumatic event. And then basically they thought that the driver had a response, like a moral responsibility to make sure that they were okay. Which again, I find strange because presumably if the woman didn't know that the victim of the car accident was survived, then presumably she must have fled the scene quite quickly. So how would the driver even had a chance to explain? Anyway, I'm sure this played out in the court. Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was very mean, strange. They probably figured it out, but it was, yeah, who do, you, who do you blame? If the driver's not at fault, like if it was a complete accident, is it the... Can you blame the pedestrian? Can you blame how, who put the poor lighting in the Who designed the, the car, car park? park. Yeah. Who designed the rearview mirrors? The blind spots? Yeah. Was it Elon Musk's fault if it was a driverless Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's super triggering in so many ways. That is triggering. And I dislike it very much. And surely it'll get appealed by the driver. Anyway, um, yeah, I'd be very, very keen to hear your, uh, your ratings. And for those new to the podcast... Uh, with each article, we like to give a rating out of ten on the trig to scale of how, how, how this article uh, made you feel shocked, startled, or otherwise triggered. Yeah, I'm very excited to give my first rating on the podcast. I th- I don't know. Yeah, I think I think um, it's the most triggering part for me is the the ambigu- ambiguity of of the responsibility, like the payout of the trauma. I'm I'm fine with. 
Um, but yeah, blaming without being sure of whose fault it is. I'll, I'll give it a five. I'll tread that fence. What? A five out of ten. This is one of the most triggering stories I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, in I my 14 episodes <laughs> of the TMT podcast I'm going to give this a solid 9 because wow. it's just cooked in so many ways it's just curveballs coming left, right and centre and behind yeah. and, and the 176k uh, payout you know, this person was just a witness the person wasn't even harmed it's all ridiculous yeah, I can never predict what your what your trigger rating. Yeah, I was not felt. expecting that. I'm still, I'm still yet to get Phil to a ten, and that's that's what that's probably the closest I've got you. So I, I'm it's I'm happy with there. that. Honestly, it's such a crazy precedence. Like they can't get away with this. Yeah. the Supreme Court. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I think yeah, I'm extremely triggered. I brought it to the table because I think it sets a very strange and I don't want to use the word dangerous precedent, but a very strange precedent. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, and I think it's it's very unfair on the driver who presumably made an, on, an innocent mistake. Uh, by like I assume he wasn't deliberately running over yep. somebody. Um, and also the guy who actually got run over got nothing out of this. <laughs> so I mean I feel terrible for the woman, and I'm glad that she she's got some support. But um, I think it came about in the wrong way. So yeah, I'll 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 give it a solid eight eight out of ten on the trigger scale. Wow. I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. I mean. Guy just went to get a nice pair of shorts, and now he's got a from the from the Canberra Outlet Center. Now he's got to pay 176k. They probably weren't even nice because it's just the last factory-made ones that no oh, one else yeah. wants. This Australia's just gone mad. I'm voting Nationals from now. I'm, <laughs> conser- I'm officially a conservative. Trigger me, Tim. I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me, Timbers. Trigger me, Timbers. Yeah. Trigger me, Timbers. Trigger me, Timbers. Good. Um, who wants to? Oh, Adam, you want Adam. to go now? Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. I'll I'll actually step into the lightweight ring first of all, and I'll I'll start off with a trigger me quickly. Oh, um, if that's all right. This is our, our first ever guest provided trigger right. me I'll quickly. I'll try and do it as quick as possible. Have you? How many hours of of the TikTok do you guys watch a day? I dabble here and there. No, I've just seen a little bit of the ones that I Greta send me, my okay. partner. You do. So not much. I don't have the app. Okay. Just opening the web page like a noob. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone's I, aware of it. I, yes. I'm a boomer, so I don't have the app. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I do. I see TikToks when they're shared on other platforms of social media that I use. Would that? Would another platform be a platform called Zin? Have you guys heard of Zin? Z Y double N. No. Okay, not another so this one. Is, yeah, this is the second biggest app in China. And the currently biggest app in downloaded in America, and it is yeah. exactly like TikTok. It's a mirror image of TikTok. Good competition. I like it. Um, nice. And the only difference is they give you one dollar for creating an account, and they give you up to one hundred and ten dollars for every five mates that you subscribe and share. You get to sign up to the app, wow. and you get money for watching the vids and scrolling and getting stuck in the thing. So you get paid. So it's essentially. They're paying you to get stuck into the into the app. So it's TikTok, but you get paid to do it, so you get sucked in more. I am, yeah, I'm super triggered as an investor. I see that's so unsustainable. It's just going to cause a fight. Maybe TikTok have to start putting in monetary incentives as well. It's just going to be a big fight. Like, who can give away the most money and screw over investors and, like, just risk bankruptcy? I'm going to give that a solid 6.5 out of 10. 
to me, this it sounds like the same strategy used by other, um, you know, disruptive startups like Uber and etc. That kind of yeah, they 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 establish themselves. They give some ridiculously generous kind of introductory offers. This is unique. I've never seen a company actually give money away, and that's quite a lot of money to people. Um, it is uh, it is money that goes through PayPal that you can exchange for Amazon gift cards. Oh, it's not direct direct money okay okay so there's a kind of cross promotion with amazon there as well but um yeah no so i mean i i i hate um the addictive nature of uh social media and and the especially the short attention span uh generation grabbing tiktok at all so what about what are your thoughts on the addictive nature of money as well (laughs) (laughs) i like money so yeah (laughs) in terms of it triggering me quickly um i'll get to the point i'll yeah i I think it's. I personally would like to just abuse, use and abuse this system, and then log out and never use the app again after I've collected my payday. So, not, I'm not too triggered by that. I'll uh, I'll give it a solid five. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, so, just a quick. That's a quick, quick little trigger. <laughs> quick trig. Thank you, Adam. Pleasure. All right, I'll um I'll jump into into my article. Um, apologies if it'll has a bit of detail, but um I did. I was I was sort of nervous coming in. What what sort of topic and article do I pick for you two? Do I do I pick something specific that will I'll know will intentionally trigger the both of you? Um, but and and so I was like, oh, what 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 can I possibly choose? And I, I realized I don't have to do that. I'm listening to, uh, to podcasts and news articles all the time that are all just themselves triggering. So hopefully this one triggered me, and hopefully it'll it'll trigger you guys. Um, so this is from this uh, this American Life podcast. Um, it's the first audio journalism article to ever get a Pulitzer Prize. And also the first audio article to get featured on Trigger Me Timbers as a triggering article. Yeah, <laughs> so new, new stuff. So this um, it was originally in November 2019, and it's about the um, asylum seekers uh, trying to get into the US from Mexico. And not just Mexico, but from all of South America. Um, and essentially what's happening is... Uh, the uh, asylum seekers coming in from South America, whether it's Mexico or Honduras or wherever, they make the journey up into the US border. And traditionally, um, you would seek asylum and uh, the asylum officers would interview you briefly for an hour and be like, what's the issue? And if there's any danger for you in your home country or wherever you are, any risk to your health or or life, um, it's essentially an automatic entry into the US Mm. and you would then stay in the US until um, your court date you know you'd be safe until your court date and that's when they would assess you properly they'd check the evidence and they'd let you in if you're a legit asylum seeker or just trying to game the system or something Mm. along comes Trump Um, and his administration have uh, enacted a new um, policy um, which is pretty much called the remain in Mexico policy. Um, and so what this is, is a policy that goes, is, is essentially illegal um, because legally Human Rights Act means that if any person is in any type of danger or risk to their health, you should help them. You know, you should mm. give them asylum. Um, this pretty much turns that on its head. And so if someone now, if someone is seeking asylum now tries to enter Mexico, they... Um, have to have proof of the, of their 
danger, which is impossible. You're not going to carry around pictures of your kidnappers or cartel who are chasing you um, at the border. It, and they don't have knowledge that they need to bring this to the border. Um, and then they have to go through like six hours interview and then they have to wait in Mexico for their court date um, on just on the other side of the border, um, of which they the court date it just essentially rejects them anyway all the time. Um, the biggest issue, obviously, is them not getting asylum, but while they're waiting for their court date, which can take months, half a year, a year, um, and right now with COVID, it's stopped altogether. Oh my God. Um, they're waiting in these like shanty towns that are built and and uh, just on the border between America and Mexico. On the Mexican side of the border. Yeah, on the yeah. Mexican side of the border. Yeah. Neither government is providing support because they think it's the either government's um, responsibility. Um, and so these shanty towns um, can have thousands of people living in them. Um, one of them has 2,500 people living in it um, and has five toilets. Um, so people end up like going into the woods to go to the toilet. This runs down into the waterways. They end up getting pink eye and diarrhea and all these health issues. There's no medical. There's no food. There's no running water. Um, they're entirely supported by volunteers from, from around the world and, and America coming in, providing them food and and bringing them water, um, which is essentially just bre- a white bread and cheese, um, which they're super grateful for, but that's all the food they get. Um, and there's just a constant, uh, there's cartel presences through the roof. So constant kidnapping of people and their mm-hmm. children, uh, rape, uh, theft, uh, murder. Um, and so people are essentially spending their entire life savings and risking their lives traveling the entire continent to get to the border, then having to live on this side of the border in a shanty town uh, just to waste all their money away, potentially get killed or kidnapped um, and make their family spend more money to release them and then get rejected. Um, so right now they have over 80,000 uh, asylum seekers waiting to get processed. I think they've let 11 people through. Um, and most people end up just going back to where they are trying to escape in the end. Which could even be safer than the shanty town by the sound of Which definitely, yeah. Um, Wowee. Uh, as a an economist, I think <laughs> I think that they have an information problem. They just need better information campaigns throughout South Asia, not unlike the one ScoMo did throughout Indonesia, saying. If you come to our border, we will not let you in. <laughs> and then maybe they wouldn't come and they would have uh, less of a problem. There wouldn't be 80k people waiting there. There would be 11 and all 11 through would get through. <laughs> Thank you, Alan Jones. <laughs> so in, in, Phil's, uh, in Phil's mindset, the Trump administration has said it's been an incredibly successful policy that they've put in place like they've oh they stopped the boats they've dealt they've dealt with the asylum seekers incredibly because there's no asylum seekers coming in. Yes, I do like this uh, Mexico keeper policy. I wonder what the Mexico seeker policy is. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, I mean, I think it's... Uh, the sad thing is um, we can't even be smug uh, as Australians on this because we, our, our country has a horrific record with our treatment of, of refugees and yeah. asylum seekers. Um, but, I yeah, this just absolutely triggers me completely. I, I, I think it's... Like you said, it, it's... At, a, at its base level, it's it's actually against the UN Convention of, on Human Rights. Uh, 
the problem is that there's just you know it's with any of those types of issues it's probably incredibly difficult to enforce especially if it's a very powerful country like america they can kind of you know do whatever they want economically um yeah i just feel really really sorry for these people and uh it's just yeah classic example of, of trump just classic just heartless uh kind of u.s protectionism and and you know a bit of racism as well um thrown in there for good measure i wouldn't want to be in one of those one of those border towns uh no so the, vo- the volunteers that um that are helping um whether they're from churches in america or or from all over the world um which is amazing that they're even aware of this and can come help because i don't know how these people would survive without them uh, but they say that these shanty towns, they've been, and and these are volunteers that have worked all over the world, you know, in the Middle East and and in India. Um, these are by far the worst conditions that they've ever seen um, in 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 all the all the other shanty towns and all the other sort of asylum camps that they've witnessed. Mm. Which yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm trying to imagine my hometown's thirty thousand people, so it's like nearly triple that. And so sorry, not so ev- not in a single shanty town of the eighty thousand oh, yeah, yeah. along the like, whole border. Yeah, yeah, living city, like streets and without towns. infrastructure. Yeah, there was one town with twenty five thousand and five toilets. So it's two thousand five hundred. Oh, okay. In one town with five toilets, yeah. and so so it's yeah. about the same ratio as splinter in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is horrible. Hang Which on, hang on. Five hundred people per toilet. In 24 hours, yeah, you would. <laughs> How much time do you get to go to the toilet? 500 people. So there's stories of like, you know, of, of parents, you know, taking their kids to the woods to go or like, you know, saving up money to take their kids to a, a place that they can buy yeah. a time in, in the toilet. Because um, they just get full instantly. And then. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about seven minutes. Around. You would have seven minutes to go to the toilet. That's pretty good. 500 of you line up, you get seven minutes when you. Can you, you ta- ta- do you can take you ta- seven minutes? Can you time your poop for a specific seven-minute window in the day? And know what? No, you can't go any other yeah. time. <laughs> like, if I'm like, mm-hmm. Phil, you only have 11.30 to 11.37 to use the, the bathroom. Mm. When you're, like, second or third in line, you smash a diary, and then you're, you're ready to go. <laughs> I think we're getting slightly off track <laughs> with the main issue. <laughs> yeah, okay, look, I don't know what else to say other than this is bloody cooked that's all i've got to say <laughs> all right so that's why i'm talking trash because it's just fucking cooked it's as simple as that yeah. it's nice that the churches are doing something other than diddling that's really good <laughs> that they're helping these people um but yeah it's pretty fucked and i mean yeah trump's is just cooked he needs to fix that stuff surely surely they, they can't get away with this can't other countries come and take these asylum seekers or something sorted out new zealand they tried to take our asylum seekers you can we can we, can we block them because they have a can they be blocked by US because they've been applied for asylum at US? So US could, has control of them, right? Don't they own them after that? They're just stuck in literally the worst situation. They're escaping from danger from one end and they hit a hit a policy wall along the border on the other. And the US government doesn't want to give them aid because giving them aid would allow the shanty towns to maintain it. Like, we don't want shanty towns there, so we're not giving them aid. And neither does Mexico um, mm. want, want to give them aid to let them stay there so you know they're living in these tents that are like you know weekend tents that people buy for camping and stuff so it's, you know. yeah I, I don't know what would be worse uh living in one of these kind of lawless shanty towns or or living in a detention center where you're you know, effectively yeah. um imp- you're literally imprisoned uh and 
uh, in both it sounds like in both cases there's so much uncertainty about when you're when you'll even have a court case to possibly get the the hearing uh, to possibly get the de- find out the decision that you might be accepted um, so I, yeah I can't imagine that <laughs> living in fear and, and having no idea when your court case is going to come up and then there's a chance that you'll just get you'll be yeah you'll, you'll be found to be a non-legitimate refugee which I think is a is a just an oxymoron and, and kind yeah. of you know not a like that's I'm borrowing the terminology of um, you know the Liberal Party in Australia and presumably Trump as well um, and yeah and the fact the fact that you need to provide proof like what a what a joke what do you yeah let me let me just take a take some uh, documentation to um, to kind of uh, while, yeah. I'm, while I'm being kidnapped I'll just take a selfie yeah. with my kidnapper and yeah while I'm literally fleeing a life or death situation yeah. and that's why I am a refugee and why I'm eligible to be to seek asylum so mm. I'm with Phil there's not much else to say it's just it's just hor- horrific so yeah mm. At least in the detention centres, which are terrible, but at least they have some level of safety. The cartels are just going in and going, oh yeah, the people that we wanted to kill, they're just waiting here in the shanty town. we'll just go and assassinate them. We yeah, can, that's, you're totally we right. We don't have to be there for 12 months, their court case isn't for youngs. We take our sweet time. Yeah, so like in most asylum camps, there is at least some administration where people keep track of who is in there and who is taken out, or who leaves, yeah. or or any of the, or who's visiting, whereas this is just like an open camp. And so cartel walks in, takes out two hundred people in a bus, uh, or a couple buses, um, calls their family and says, "Hey, I'm, I've got your brother, twenty grand for me to release him." Or Hectic, salty. Yeah, um, South America scares me. I wouldn't be. Well, that's Central America, but whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing is, yeah, it just seems like a very classic example of like. From a me- from US point of view of economics versus humanity, they're basically saying we're not going to provide aid because that would incentivize people to come here. Yeah, and so that trumps actually giving people aid, which is just fucking cool. <laughs> um, so that's not cool. Uh, but as a newly converted conservative, since uh, the <laughs> ACT Supreme Court has awarded <laughs> a uh, observer of a potential trauma <laughs> money, um, as a newly converted um, conservative, I would say that um, yeah, no, it's, it's still cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think they should at least like do some kind of like protective services or whatever. Like this, it's a no-brainer. Like these people are seeking asylum by the very nature of it, they are in danger. Like they need protection. Yeah. yeah, and there's some other like horrible sort of workarounds that people are trying to trying to address so like um the uh, the asylum officers who are doing these interviews they they've got like uh, some of them have got like ptsd because they're like they're sitting there interviewing these people with the knowledge and they're essentially sitting there listening to constant trauma that these people are experiencing and they just need them to say a few magic words and provide some evidence and they can let them through but they just know the whole time they're just going to reject them um, and so, th- and, and so, a lot of them have like left and quit because of because of this stuff. And um, apparently, the the only like sure way in is if you're uh, underage. Um, so if a if a minor shows up um, to the border, like a nine ten year old, they have to let them in um, on their own. Oh, so, I can see a problem here. Yeah. So yeah. So there was one one sort of. Uh, child that was followed um in the camp who like was really obviously like really close he traveled there with his mum 
um, and they were living in the camp for six months and eventually the mum's like, look, I love my kids, but I'm not getting in. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell them to run to the border. And uh, he, he got in, um, he left her behind and she had to go home and, and he managed to find his way to his auntie who, who lived uh, in, the, in the US, but had to g- give up, give up on your mum. Anyway, fully cooked ratings. Yeah, ready for some ratings. I'm totally laying them on me. Well, obviously it's super duper triggering. But is it more cooked than our detention centres? Yeah, it probably is. Alright, well, I should probably give it a nine and a half. Cool. Yeah, I, uh... By, by, by my, uh, triggered, stricter scale rubric, it ticks all the boxes except for... The one one box that I reserve for ten out of tens is that it has to get me on a personal level as well. So this isn't okay. something I'm personally affected by. Yeah. But everything else is just absolutely to the max. So I I agree nine and a half for me as well. Yeah. What about yourself, Adam? That's some. Those are some numbers. What do you? How are you triggered? Yeah. No. I I I'd give that a ten for me. I think that's. I listened to this article and I was like, I got emotional through it. So. Yeah. 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 That was a that was a big trigger for me. Yeah. I think the main reason I didn't go full ten is because. It's just one of those roll your eyes, Trump's cooked, fucking yeah. humanitarian issues abound. Because uh, it's not unexpected. It's not unexpected, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's it's not true. It's not something that's I true. didn't know about. You're just like, You're, oh, you're just yeah. like another thing. It's just another, another really bad thing. And yeah. I knew, he, I didn't realise it was like 8,000 to 11 odds of getting into the country. 80,000. 80,000, sorry, to 11. Yeah, that is way worse than I expected. That's true. So normally it was, it's like 15% of people get through, which is still low, but those are people who get asylum and like get protection in the US and then they go through the courts and they get a legit like they go through the evidence and they they find that oh you are trying to game the system you're actually legit so they let 15 that's heaps 15% I think of people coming in to seek asylum compared to I don't even know what, what is that 0.01% yeah. yeah it's tiny nobody knows what that is <laughs> yeah <laughs> numbers don't go that small even the calculator the question yeah. science cannot answer <laughs> yeah Trigger me Tim, I'll torture you, my friends. Trigger me timbers, trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers, trigger me timbers. I want to just bring up something really quick. This can be a, this can be a trigger me quickly, I guess. Okay. Do you want to hear a trigger me quickly? Yeah, yeah. It was a TikTok I saw. <clears throat> it was, was it a lady. A was it a zin or a TikTok? Did you get paid for it? It was a TikTok. I did not get paid. I was on the web page. I had to click the yeah, I'm okay with the cookie. Really have a um, zin correctly. Vine. Probably Shin. Was it the X or Z? Z. Oh, yeah, zin. Um, or yeah, maybe Zine. Um, anyway, it was a lady. She was standing with a construction guy, like in the states. All right, during the middle of all these protests and the riots. Um, she's standing next to a tradie with like a you know hard hat, high vis. And he's standing there, like, staring at her, and she's holding a drill, and it's clearly, like, holding it so awkwardly, <laughs> like it's a gun, and she's like, oh. And she's I, I pretending to drill. She's pretending to drill into the thing, and she yells over to the side. She yells, we're building America. <laughs> what, what, what? Do you know what she yells? It's like, we're building back America. <laughs> you know, one building at a time, whatever. Reconstructing, rebuilding. From what? Anyway. No, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the person, person who filmed this TikTok was just a random bystander, and then... They pan the film and the camera, and it's looking over at the boyfriend of Instagram, just filming her doing all this. So this was just a big stunt for her and her Instagram page or whatever she's filming. Yeah, probably Instagram. And yeah, so her and her boyfriend are just doing this little stunt, like pretending to drill and reconstruct. And um, and then they're like, "Thank you, goodbye," and give the drill back to the construction worker, and they like run off. 
jump in their freaking big SUV and drive off. And <laughs> all the bystanders are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, 10 out of 10. Trigger me. Uh, yeah, out of 10. Give me a 10. Uh, what do you got, Hubert? Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I saw this. I believe it was on Brown Cardigan, the uh, high highbrow news source. Um, yeah, <laughs> the fact I'm that glad they're back. I'm just I'm just so triggered that she uh, she disrupted that poor construction worker from completing his job. So yeah, oh, come on. He, had, he had a laugh. That was a good break yeah. to his day. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Why not? We need to give that man compo from the Supreme Court of the ACT <laughs> for trauma, Instagram, and boyfriends of Instagram related trauma. I'm giving that a. a Cold one out of ten. I'm, what? I'm, I'm all for it. Have a good time. Something you are a boyfriend of Instagram. That's, that's why. That's true. Yeah, I can't get angry at myself. I have, a, I have to take a lot of photos of certain people. I haven't stopped thinking about it. I'm actually so triggered. Like, I hate Instagram and all this shit. This lady lied to all of her followers and was just pretending she was constructing. What yeah, the yeah, but fuck is she doing? How much entertainment you've gotten out of this video on Brown Cardigan. Okay, I love Brown Cardigan. Yeah, yeah of like... So, like I love seeing people like put the effort into like a dan- like a video of not the dance move or someone pr- like from a distance seeing them recording their TikTok. I yeah, think that's hilarious. The best. But it just shows how cooked people are. This person is pretending she's rebuilding like it's just in some volunteer program, and she- all her followers are going to be like, "Good on you, America." Yeah, yeah there's a bit of fear. So people people should well not not everyone does, but people should know by now that like social media is all fixed. So like you you. Oh, you'd think so. Yeah. But people still look at horoscopes, don't they? <laughs> In the words of uh, Brown Cardigan, do heaps less. <laughs> do heaps less. Wait, are you talking to me or her? Whatever. <laughs> her. <laughs> All right, well, I've got my article for y'all now. Um, oh, yeah, I was triggered 10 for that one. I'll give me a 10. Anything I do, I'm giving myself a 10. <laughs> Trigger me 10, I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me timbers. Trigger me timbers, yeah. Trigger me timbers. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, this one uh, is fresh out of news.com.au, published today, I think, or yesterday, I don't know. QLD, New South Wales border closure. Billboards demand borders reopen to save jobs. <clears throat> so a Gold Coast-based law firm has hit out at the Queensland government, uh, intensifying the battle over the border closure battle. What? That's terrible syntax, I just noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Intensifying the battle over the border closure battle. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. Um, so, yeah, this like law firm obviously has put up an ad in a billboard battling the Queensland government to reopen the borders, which is fair, but uh, I mean, the borders should have been reopened, kind of. I mean, the whole just state isolation, uh, states being isolated and battling each other and like doing their own um, trace and tracking of corona and just completely working separately is just insane to me. Like, why couldn't the border just be open and they just track and trace each other's, all of Australia's citizens? It's weird. But the question I'm asking is, should citizens and legal firms be able to bloody advertise against the government and just go around? <laughs> sure, they should, but, like, isn't that a bit just ridiculous to, like, it could be um, bad for, um, you know, the government's trying to look after people, right? So that there are people... So this uh, in this article saying there are people who work across the border and they're and they're like I can't understand because from my my understanding was that you could get a permit to cross the border if you had a job across the, on the other side. 
Yes, but one in three Queenslanders, uh, maybe not all of them, but in some area it says in this, one in three are in the tourism industry, so random citizens can't just ah. go on a tour, tour there from New South Wales, uh, where a lot of the tourists come from. Um, and all the government's doing about it, instead of like opening the borders or letting the... Well, they're not going to give a permit to a tourist. That, yeah. uh, all they're doing uh, in Queensland, the Queensland government, is just encouraging Queenslanders to take holidays up north. Um, they've added in flights from Brisbane to Cairns and stuff, and they're just trying. To, that's the only action they're taking. They're ignoring the lawyers and like the one in three tourist workers that are just losing all their money. I think the Gold Coast. It says here the Gold Coast is losing hundred uh, three hundred ten million dollars per month that the border is closed. Hmm. That's really bad. I yeah, I read something about this issue earlier, and apparently there's a very strong phenomenon. Um, uh, partly due to the grey nomads uh, who actually uh, basically decide where to live based on the season and so apparently there are huge numbers of people that actually drive their camper vans down to Victoria um, or South Australia or whatever during winter and uh, uh, sorry summer. during summer during summer yeah and then during winter they migrate north uh, for the warm weather and they're all basically um, all the caravan parks uh, around the border were like massively overbooked and and Overflowing with these uh, grey nomads and other campers because they yeah That's we're trying a Mexican to Mexican shanty town <laughs> exactly exactly um I yeah uh so but but so are you triggered by the fact that the border is closed or by the fact that people are um hiring billboards to get the message out yeah the billboards is what's triggering me obviously the border is yeah, a little bit triggering but um yeah what I'm saying is should the the question is should citizens or legal firms, whatever, be allowed to publicly battle the government and, you know, sway public opinion at the harm of, possibly at the harm of the public. What do you reckon? I, well, two points. Yes, I think they should be able to, like, sway public opinion and, and have, a, have a voice in other situations, well, in situations where government may be doing something wrong. But this is a, this is a good thing. I, I'm, I'm totally with the government on this and they're like blocking the borders and stuff so like i'm with you i i don't agree with um this is a tumultuous time with covid like people are in danger and and to to argue with the government just to open up some borders a few days sooner than they should be just you know you could be endangering lives even though we are doing pretty well um i think in this situation like better be safe than sorry um but to your question should people be able to like have a voice against the government? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, people should have a voice. Blah blah blah. But I mean, what happens if? Yeah. This. So this was all just a big trap, and I'm going to riddle you with a little more. Uh, <laughs> um, what happens if? Because this is kind of a matter of opinion that the borders should be open or whatever. It's not really fact that the borders should be open. I mean, it's probably safe to do so, but it's not fact. It is opinion, right? Yeah. And it's doing a lot of harm to the tourism industry. But it is still basically opinion, basically. So, what happens if you had anti-vaxxers come along and hire billboards to sway the public opinion? Then would that be harmful enough for you to say no, not good enough free speech, no way? I think that's a good analogy. Um, firstly, can I say that uh, along along with you, uh, the most staunch supporter of keeping the borders closed is Pauline Hanson. Uh, sorry, sorry. If, um, State borders, yeah. not the international. Sorry, sorry. Uh, this is the que- so Pauline Hansen is... Wait, no, let me get this right. 
Pauline Hanson is uh, taking court action against the Queensland government for closing the border because she thinks it's un- unconstitutional. So Sorry, the state border or the no, national border? The state border. Wow. So this is her latest pet issue. Oh, actually, that was covered in this, yeah. Uh, the legal firm says the same thing. Um, there's no constitutional right to shut the border, according to Mahoney's litigation partner. And Pauline Hanson. Yeah. And Pauline yeah. Hanson, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my, my thoughts on your question, uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good analogy and it's, it's my, my, my initial thought was definitely um, we live in a democracy, free speech uh, is important, um, people should be able to f- definitely be able to freely criticise the government, uh, you know, within the law. Um, but uh, but this, this kind of thing, uh, it reminds me... A little bit of the lobbying of government and kind of uh, political opinion by, like, for example, the really powerful mining lobby uh, in the context of the carbon tax and stuff. You know, so that's one example where basically, um, I think public opinion was mostly on board with a, with a carbon carbon tax or carbon pollution reduction scheme, emissions trading scheme. Um, then the mining industry uh, basically spent hundreds of millions of dollars uh, putting out this comprehensive advertising campaign that was just completely um anti-labor party anti-carbon tax trying to it was propaganda basically talking about how how evil the carbon tax was and how everyone's going to be so much poorer and electricity bills will skyrocket etc etc and that was a huge factor that actually contributed to the government changing uh and and uh australia's environmental economic policy uh becoming basically non-existent as it is today so i i think that's terrible but um but yeah, so I don't think it's an easy question to answer. But like, where do you draw the line as to yeah, what's what's acceptable? You shouldn't be able to make like uh, kind of hateful mm. or kind of you know discriminatory claims, and you shouldn't be able to make um, claims that are very uh, objectively provable to be false. Like you, uh, so and that could maybe cover off the five G. Um, conspiracy idea but the mining companies who advertise against the carbon tax they were making false claims yeah and I, I think there should be extremely strict standards on advertising and, and you know and, and, it, and billboards shouldn't be an exception to that uh, you, sh- if you shouldn't be allowed to make false claims um, but then it gets trickier when it is a subjective thing like this like you said it's kind of it's a matter of opinion uh, or an extremely indirect like harm like oh Australia like Australia would be harmed without a carbon tax but it will in the future in yeah. the long run yeah, indirectly no, right. yeah maybe more of my issue with that is is the power that that lobby had over um the over mainstream media as well um which kind of completely bought into the message and yeah not to go down a rant of the rupert murdochs and illuminatis and freemasons of the world but this is all part of a, a callback to proof that i listen to tricking timbers that i am a number one fan the last episode um, that you like, you were mentioning how you just gotta, you know, repeat. It doesn't matter if it's true or false. You just gotta repeat something enough, people believe it. You mm. know, they so forget be... the association to it being a myth. Yeah, so you gotta, you gotta be careful with the. There's, I remember joining the grey nomads on my van van life trip around Australia, and yeah, through Queensland it was just constant billboards of with Pauline Hanson and Clive Palmer spouting nonsense the I, I agree with both of you completely I think we're all on the same page like having false and and damaging uh, ad campaigns and information out there for the public to see is 
terrible, um, but it is happening. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a fine like how do you how do you draw that yeah how do you draw that line where you can say okay you're allowed to say what you want to say as long as it's X Y Z you know you ca- you can't you can't lie. <laughs> Uh, you you can't have, you can't have that well, that might just be your opinion maybe you can say that you know how do you how do you how do you police these ads to make sure that in this situation my personal opinion I think they they this is wrong this is these billboards but people should be able to do this um, if if it was in a different situation let's say like the government was like. Fuck health and safety. We're just keeping everything open. Everyone, uh, instead of shaking hands, you got to kiss each other on the cheeks. And people would, people would be like, "No, I'm putting up a billboard to say we should close the borders um, to keep each other safe." Like, yeah, and that's exactly where I I get to, and I try and think of this as well. Is I think, how would I? Because you have to, you can't have one rule for ideas that Hubert approves on approves of, and one rule for ideas that Hubert dis- disapproves of. It has to be consistently applied to all ideas, and I think if, if it was an a minority viewpoint that I supported, would I want them to to be banned from having their message portrayed on a billboard? Yeah, I don't think so. So yeah. Okay, so as long as it doesn't cause direct harm, it should be allowed. Basically, is that what you're saying? Maybe a little asterisk in the corner that says "may offend." This this opinion may offend you. Maybe a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So basically, the people with the biggest money are gonna win. They're gonna influence the government and win if we allow this sort of stuff. Because you know, obviously, um, you can donate to campaigns so much, but it's uncapped how much you can advertise against a political party, or you can threaten to advertise against a political party. In this case, uh, by putting on billboards and blah blah blah. Yeah, and I think that's why I think I think that's why there should be very strict regulations around advertising and yeah billboards shouldn't be an exception they should come fall under that umbrella maybe you can have an opinion on something but there are you can't you can't talk about these 10 topics these are off limits like yes. anything with covid stuff to keep you safe just don't complain about that that's fair for you <laughs> fair enough right um yeah all right well give me right give me a 10 out of 10s please all right. Well, yeah. I um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not overly triggered. Um. I think the. Are you at least triggered that the border's closed, when it shouldn't be? They should just Queensland and New South Wales should just combine their track and trace enforcers and leave the borders open. Well, to be honest, I think closing the border probably was an effective strategy. The and, state border. Yeah. Any, anything. Anything that slowed down the movement of people. And especially people traveling long distances, that was a big problem for the spread of, of COVID. The fact that you have to draw an arbitrary line in the sand is not ideal. Um, I would have been just as happy if they'd said, "Yeah, you know, no one, no one can leave Townsville uh, because there's an outbreak in Townsville." But uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm not super opposed to the idea of closing the border in the first place either. I think it worked. Welcome to the Conservatives, Hubert. Let's close all borders. <laughs> Only in temporary circumstances where it's an extreme health emergency. Ah, so if it's temporary, then they're not rights. They are just permits. <laughs> yeah, and they had exceptions for essential, essential workers and uh, other people that needed to get through for caring reasons. What about essential customers to the tourism industry? 
Sydney it was, people that want to go to the Whit Sunday. Is it worth it if people die? These bloody grey nomads don't know what's good for themselves. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that are most at risk from this shit. Yeah, and you hung out with the grey nomads, Adam. I did. Boom sympathiser. They accepted me. I became one with them. I learnt their ways. Except for the fly nets. I couldn't do the fly nets on the faces. They have all, yeah, each and every grey nomad has a fly net on their head. Could not, could not do that. Mm. Anyway, in terms of my rating... And a dick on their head. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's words. Uh, no one else's. Um... I yeah in terms, in terms of my rating uh yeah I can't say I'm, I'm overly triggered by it so I don't know I, I I'm triggered by the idea that people can use advertising in a malicious way and I've talked about that at length about how I think the advertising industry needs a lot of work um so for that reason I'll give it it can get a blip on my radar I'll give it a four on the trigger scale okay awesome I my trigger ratings would be very different to Hubert even though I, I agree with him in every way I guess it's more like of this specific situation, I, um, I like I totally am happy with the border closures. I think they were again necessary, and I think free speech is important. But in this specific situation, I like complaining about something that's keeping the country safe. I think that's that's triggering me. So I want to give it a eight. Oh, thank you. Well, I will say that even though I think the border, sh- the state border, should have remained open. And track and tracing should not have been a state thing; it should be a national thing. Uh, even despite that, I am anti-big money advertising against the government influencing policy, uh, to an extent, obviously, uh, because in this case, obviously, the I think the billboard is right, but I am against big money influencing government. So you know, it's very conflicting for me. Yeah, in many ways, your eyes are rolling around in your head, or you. I'm just triggered by the dilemma I have, basically. <laughs> so, as always, I'll give myself eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Um, and to finish off, I believe Adam... Oh, a final... Adam has come more prepared than any guest in the history of the podcast and has brought us not one, not two, but three articles. To I just want to make you boys proud. <laughs> and you really have, Matt. You really have. Um... So hopefully, I have a feeling this is this might this might hit Philip a bit more than Hubert. Um, so this is just a bit of uh, a bit of not like things that is just happening in the world day to day. You both have have rented places to live in the past. Phil, I know you've rented many many share houses in your time. Yes. Um, so essentially, there's lots of faulty background checks happening. So. Um, the pretty much the number one fear landlords have when they rent out is having bad tenants. So nine out of ten landlords do background checks for their uh, for their tenants. They check their credit and their criminal history. Um, because of this, um, you know the rental industry has has boomed, and so screening company like the amount of screening companies that do these checks ha- have also boomed. Um, and they're not regulated. They're not like registered with the government um, or these checks aren't usually screened by a human they're done automatically and so there's heaps of errors so for example I'm, sh- I'm, I'm quietly confident that you're not the only Phil Balding in the world um, and so this thing will do a check on Phil Balding and if any other Phil Balding has done a, um, any criminal activity that'll, that'll flag and you'll get automatically rejected for a rental application um, so people are getting 
blocked from rents, rental applications automatically uh, just because there's poor systems in place and they're, um, they're just getting lumped with bad AI <laughs> that is lumping you with other crime that you didn't do. Very conflicted. I'll say a if the poor systems like poor robot, you know, poor processes are in place, then then yeah, that's really triggering. That would destroy my whole lifestyle, my whole retirement plan, everything. So that would be a ten out of ten. But as for the background checks and everything, not triggered at all. One out of ten. I am very keen for that because as a renter of not high quality, but you know, I'm, I'm probably in the top twenty five percentile of good renters out there. Maybe humble, man. Up there, maybe forty, maybe top forty percent. <laughs> I've ruined a few. I've ruined a few blinds before. Um, you know, I've cracked a tile here and there, but I'm all right. I'm pretty. I'll pay for that shit. Take it out of my bond. Uh, I want better checks. I want better results for me. I don't want to be treated like the bottom ten percent. That is all. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree with all that, and uh, I just feel very sorry for every other field balling out there that gets accused of being a public masturbator. So, 8 out of 10. <laughs> no, no, that was the real me. That was... <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually really scary and hectic. Um, love it, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us uh, here on Tricking with Timbers episode 14 with Adam and uh, my housemate and my good friend Hubo. Uh, hopefully to see you back here for episode 15. I'm keen, I'm keen. Um, I'm feeling a bit tired though at the moment. I'm really sleepy. Are you sleepy, Adam? I'm incredibly tired. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm going to crawl right to this bed. Good night. No, you go to your room for bed. Good no, night. I've just I finally made it in here. <laughs> Trigger me, Tim. I'll torture you, my friend. Trigger me, Timbers. Trigger me, Timbers, yeah. Trigger me, Timbers. Trigger me,